Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 25th of July 2010, entitled, Run That Ye May Obtain. And the Bible reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 to 27. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 19. I invite you to stand with me, please, to honor the reading of God's holy word. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, said, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run, that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege that we have, Lord, of looking into that word and reading it together here this evening. Lord, we pray now that through the power of your spirit that you would take and just speak to our hearts. Father, it is not the words of this preacher or man that we need to hear this evening. Lord, we need our hearts spoken to by the Holy Spirit himself. So we pray this evening, Lord, that you, knowing the needs of each and every heart here, that those needs would be met in Christ's precious and holy name. Amen and amen. The Apostle Paul, of course, here as he's writing to the church at Corinth, he is speaking in these verses of his ministry unto others. He's speaking of the accomplishments that he is seeking to gain in this life and in the life beyond. Of course, he uses this analogy here. Even as we look about us now, we know that many times people can get very, very excited when it comes to sports, whether it be football or whether it be rugby or whether it be cricket. Many people have their own taste or whatever. Of course, remember that as Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, uh, athletics was something that was very, very big amongst the Greeks. Of course, even today, we still have the Olympics with us that we know was part of even their days back then. But there was also another uh, annual sport activity that was similar that took place every year. 
And it actually took place in the city of Corinth. And so therefore, these people that he's writing to, they're very familiar with the analogy that he's bringing to them. And of course, he's bringing out, first of all here, just simply how important it is to him to win the loss to Christ. And he begins here, and he speaks of this fact that though he was free from all yen, yet he's made himself a servant unto all that he might gain the more. We find that many times when the Apostle Paul is giving these examples, it almost talks like, seems like he's talking in a circle. But all he's saying here is that, you know, he is a free man. And yet if by choice, not because that he has been made a slave or a servant by necessity, but he has chosen to be a servant unto others. Why? Because he can gain more. He can accomplish more by serving others than he can just by simply claiming his own freedoms. Well, I don't have to do that, and I don't have to go there, and I'm a free man. And we find that certainly in this instance that he's even made the point clear that in his instances he was ministering. The Apostle Paul was even working a job to be able to meet his needs and all of this so that he was beholding to no people and that nothing would interfere with the message that he had to preach. And, of course, we know that it can be taken out of context, but he speaks here as unto the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. Now, in none of this, as we read through it, and he makes it clear as he goes through, in none of this he's saying that it's okay to do anything you want to as long as there's some good that comes out of it. He's not saying, as many do today, that the end justifies the means. It doesn't matter how you get there. As long as you get a good result in the end, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying here is that whoever he's dealing with, and he speaks here of the, of the Jews, he speaks to them that are uh, within the law and under the law and those that are without the law. In other words, he's dealing with all kinds of different people. And these people come from different cultures. These people come from different backgrounds. But he makes it very clear at the same time that He's not doing away with God's law, but if there's any way that he can help it, if he's trying to minister to a Jewish person, he says, I'm going to become all things to all men. That doesn't mean that I'm going to join in with their sin. It means know that to a Jewish person, he's not going to make light or make fun of their background and their culture and the things that make them who they are. And of course, even here in this great city of Birmingham that we live, we have people that come here from all over the world. Well, the fact is, is that we're not going to make much headway in winning people to Christ if we go out there and whether it be British or American or whatever it might be, and boy, our way is the right way, and you've got to do it our way, and this is the only way, and make light of them. The Apostle Paul is saying, you know, I'm willing to throw away my freedoms, my rights, if it means being able to reach somebody on their level where they are. He speaks here of being weak in order to meet the weak. In other words, he's not going to go out there showing off his strength of how great he is when there's somebody else that's suffering and hurting. He's going to meet them where they are in the need that they are, but never violating God's Scripture and God's Word and God's law in any of this. And, of course, he makes it very clear when he says, I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. His object is always always their souls. 
His object is always that he would see them come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. It's all for the sake of the gospel. It's for the sake of those coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, it is in this mindset that he's speaking about the importance of his being able to minister to others, the importance of being able to get that gospel message to them that he's willing. He's willing to sacrifice many things himself. And it's in this analogy as he comes off and he, and he asks them a question here in verse 24. He says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. Again, he's using this analogy that they will be familiar with. Don't you know that everybody that's out there running in that race, they're all in the race. They're all running in the race. But he says there's only one that's going to win the race. Everybody's in the race, but only one is going to receive the prize at the end of it. And so his comment to you is where I want our thoughts to rest for the next few moments. He says, so run that you may obtain. Don't just run the race to be running the race. Don't just be involved in the race because the race itself is good. It's good to be on the Lord's team. It's good to be out there running in the race for him. But the truth is the race that we're running in, he says, run that you may obtain, that you might win that prize. Now, what kind of prize is he talking about here? He says, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Anybody that's involved in athletics, if they are going to be accomplished, if they're ever going to succeed in whatever sport that it's in, it's going to take this thing called temperance, or if you would, self-control. <laughs> They're going to have to be able to discipline themselves. They're going to have to be able to be willing sometimes to make sacrifices. They're going to have to be willing to get out there and to work at it sometimes when it hurts and sometimes when they don't see the results. They have to keep on going, he says, if they're going to master it, they've got to be willing to exhibit self-control. And remember now what relation that he's using this is in the fact that whoever he's dealing with and whatever nationality they come from and whatever cultural backgrounds they come from, he wants to reach them with the gospel of Christ. And it's not these temporal things on this earth that it's matter. It's abiding by God's law and being able to reach them with the most important message in the world. He says... We're in a race. But if you're running in a race, even though everybody's involved, there's only one prize, and you ought to be running to win. I, I, can remember, I know it's maybe hard to imagine in looking at me now. I quite enjoyed athletics when I was a young man, <laughs> and I used to love to, to get out there on those. We used to have these field days. They lasted for several days when all the athletics and, and the whole school was out there on the, on the track and field in those days. And, and you did all the things. You got out there and you ran those dashes and you ran those runs and you did the, the pole jumps and you did all these different things to do with athletics. And I loved it. But the truth is, is that in every one of those instances, everybody that was, everybody was involved. Everybody had to be involved as far as we were concerned. You didn't have a choice but there was only one winner. 
in each case. Somebody would win the prize. And he says here, if you're going to be successful, you're going to have to have self-control. Now, they do it. They're willing. They're willing to exhibit this self-control. They're willing to train themselves. They're willing to put themselves through all these things in order to wane. In this, in this case, it was just a little reef thing that they put on their head was the crown that they would. They do it, he says, to obtain a corruptible crown. It's just a temporary earthly thing. But we, we an incorruptible. The prize that we're going for, the one that we need to win, it's not something that's going to tarnish in time. It's not something that's going to go away in time. It's an incorruptible crown that will last for all of eternity. And he says in light of this, notice he says in verse 26, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. I'm not getting out there and just not caring what I'm doing. He says, and he, and he actually switches here to a, to a boxing analogy instead of, the, instead of the running. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air, not as somebody that's shadow boxing, literally not as one that's just, that's just, just out there swinging his fist and accomplishing nothing. Notice what he says next. He says, but I keep under my body to bring it into subjection lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. I was reading that in the original terminology here, this subjection, this discipline is a word that we could use there. That it literally was a word that in their days of what they would have been talking about, Brother Penos was literally putting a black spot under the eye. <laughs> He's, he's talking about the boxing analogy here. I'm not just getting out there swinging my fist and not accomplishing something, but I'm going to put my flesh under control. I'm going to knock it out, if you would, so that I might be able to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway says it takes more than just words. You know, one of the things, and especially, I guess Paul wouldn't have known it, but the Holy Spirit would have. Have any of you ever heard any of the boxers of our day talk? Have you ever heard any of them being interviewed, maybe on the news or one of the, the, the sports things or something like that? I mean, you know, without fail, when those boxers get up there, they are some of the biggest talkers that you've ever heard in your life. How that you know that they're going to lay this guy out. And many times... You know, they literally, before they ever get into the ring with this other guy, they've already laid him out cold because they talk, well, what Paul's saying here is going to take a lot more than just words. <laughs> it's going to take more than words. I can get up there and I can say that I can win this race. I can say that I can win this fight. But in the end, in the end, it's going to take more than just words because it's possible that I can talk the talk but then the life that I'm living would destroy everything. It's possible for me to give somebody else the truth and tell them. And yet, because of the life that I'm living, it be worth absolutely nothing. You see, Christians, so many times we're not serious. We don't understand in the first place the prize that is so important to the Apostle Paul. 
the prize, that incorruptible crown that he's talking about here in the context of all that he's talking about is that one for the winning of souls. You know, he's willing. He's willing to give up his freedoms. He's willing to, to, to literally not get out there and, and claim that uh, he doesn't have to do this, he doesn't have to do that. He's willing to become a servant, a slave to others so that he can accomplish this important task. He says there's a race that's going on. There's lots of people in the race. But anybody that's out there running a race, they're running it to win. And we need to be running the race that we're in as Christians to win, to win a crown, not just an incorruptible thing like this earth will give us for a prize, but one that will last for all of eternity. He said, I'm, I'm not getting out there and, and doing this thing uncertainly, you know, like I don't know what I'm doing, I haven't trained. He said, no, I've prepared myself for it. I know what the goal is, and I'm going for the goal. I'm not getting out there and just swinging my arms and making a bunch of actions and not accomplishing anything. I'm literally going to lay my flesh out so that hopefully one day I won't by having talked a lot of talk, but yet by the life that I live, diminished what that I've been able to do. Hold other people and then myself become a castaway. Now listen, what does it mean to become a castaway? What does it mean to become a castaway? Now we could get into a lot of things, but I want to say this. You know, if, and it's a big if, I believe that if we study the Scriptures and, and study what it has to say about this matter of salvation, I believe that if you genuinely, truly ever experience the new birth, you're not going to become unborn. If you ever become a child of God, you're never again going to be outside of the family of God. I believe the perseverance of the saints is not that we've got to somehow hang on and hold on, but that if you really are saved, you will persevere to the end because you cannot turn your back on God and go back out there into that world and do those things and stay there and enjoy it. It's an impossibility. If you can go out there and do that, then you did not get something to start with. Paul's not talking about becoming unsaved. But I believe what he is talking about is Christians. Christians can become castaways in the sense that we've talked much. Now, this is not part of our series that we were on this morning on the Holy Spirit. We're going to see as we look at just a couple of things here that it ties in very close it ties in very close as we look because the truth is God does want to accomplish amazing things through your life. God wants to do the work of Jesus Christ on this earth through your life as a believer. He wants us to get out there and get serious about this thing, be willing to discipline ourselves and have some self-control and do the things that are necessary in order to be winners. We find that as we think of this thing, as we think along this thought, I want to give you four things this evening because if you're going to run to win, if you're going to, as he puts it in his own words here, if you're going to run that you might obtain, then I want you to realize, first of all, that you've got to run according to God's rules. Every athletic event in the world, you can't just get out there and run whichever way you want to around whatever track you want to. There are guidelines, there are rules, there are laws, if you would, that are set down. And if you do not abide by those, you are disqualified. You can't just jump when you want to jump. you got to jump when the shot goes off or the flag goes up or whatever it is that they're saying that it's time to go. 
we find that in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, the Word of God says, And if a man also strive for masteries, talking about this same thing, yet he is not crowned, except he strive lawfully. In other words, you can get out there and you can do those things that are necessary to be a winner. But yet, if you get out there and do it, not according to the law, if you get out there and do it outside of the rules, then it's not going to accomplish you anything. The word lawfully there literally means according to direction, <laughs> the directives that have been given. God doesn't only tell us what to do, but God tells us how that he wants it done. You know, it's, it's not something that we can just get out there and do this thing any way we want to because we're serious and we're sincere and we love God and in the end, that's all that really matters. Well, that's not what the Word of God says. Here, you can, you can master things. You can be good at it. But you're not crowned. You're not going to win the prize except when you do it lawfully. We won't turn back there for the sake of time, but in Leviticus chapter 10, verse 1, Nadab and Abihu give a good example of this truth. It says, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. Now the words here which the Lord commanded them not. That's why it was strange fire. Because they were doing this with sincerity. They were genuine. But it wasn't according to God's requirement. They were doing their own thing, even though they meant it for good. So many times this is hard for us to get our heads around because we live in a society that tries to point out to us that as long as somebody has good intentions, as long as somebody has someone else's interest at heart, as long as what they're doing is not hurting someone else, even in our Christian circles. So many times, you, know, you can get too hung up on the details. Well, you can get too hung up on the details. We don't want to become pharisaical legalist, but if it's God's detail, then it's an important detail. We don't want to get hung up on man's details, but when God gives us the directions and God gives us the details, so what I'm saying is the Apostle Paul is telling us, hey, if you're going to be in the race, run it to win. Run it to win, to win that incorruptible crown, that crown that will be yours for eternity, that one that won't go away. We find that by the same token, if you're going to win the crown, he says, you can't do it outside of God's law. You've got to do it lawfully. You see, the Lord has given us specific instructions. He's given us specific instructions as far as what we believe and what we're to do and how we're to do it. We start making up our own doctrines, which is just teachings, if you would, which many do. And those aren't according to God's law. That's not striving lawfully begin to, even with the best of intentions, we can say, well, we're doing this to, to motivate people, to motivate the church, that we can accomplish more. 
Today you can find books with every detail in the world about how to do this and how to do that, and it's men's ideas. And when those ideas are based upon God's Word, that's fine. But too much of it today is just men's programs. We're trying to run the church like some kind of a social club or something else that we just want to get more people to join ours instead of the competitor down the street. We don't beg people to join Bethel Free Baptist Church. Bethel Free Baptist Church needs to be in the same race that the Apostle Paul was, and that's trying to win souls to Christ. Win those souls to Christ. Do it according to God's plan. Do it the way that God wants us to do it. God will bring in the members that he wants. I've never twisted anybody's arm. It's vital. And I don't care who you are. You ought to be a member of a local church. If it's not this one somewhere, that's New Testament Bible. But the truth is, I'm not out there to try to build the membership of this church. I pray that God will build this church, that he'll send in the people that he wants here. But our focus needs to be upon winning the lost souls to Christ. We find that certainly here, Nadab and Abihu, they had the best of intentions, but it was totally unacceptable to God. The Lord may not necessarily take your life, as he did here and in other places in Scripture, but one thing is for sure, the effects not only now, but at the judgment seat of Christ are vital for the Christian. So we're told that if we're going to run this race, we ought to run that we might obtain. If we're going to run, we need to run according to God's rules, pure and simple. We're not talking about doing anything to win. We're not talking about just getting across the finish line. We're not talking about using unlawful things in order to coerce people and talk people in to do these things. We're talking about doing it God's way. If we're going to run to win, we must not only run according to the rules, we must run acceptably unto God. God's given us the rules. Folks, most all of the athletics in this world there's the grandstands, and the people are pleased, and the people are cheering, and the people are shouting. I'm saying we're not just running by the rules in order to win, but we're running not for the cheers of man, not that somebody else can see what a grand, dedicated, godly Christian that we are. We're running this race in a way that it will be acceptable to God. He's the one that it matters to please. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 is a good place to start. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, we looked at this this morning, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're not willing. There's only one trainer. These football teams, they, they change managers and coaches so, so many times. You lose a few games and you're out the door. Folks, there's only ever been one, and that's God. And in this race, he's our only coach and our only manager. He's the one that'll train us, that'll get us ready. If we're not willing, you know, it doesn't do a whole lot of good that I don't care whether he's a, a, a footballer or whatever sports that he's involved in. If he's not willing to listen to his coach, 
to listen to the one that's training him, then he just as well not have the coach in the first place. You see, we've got to be willing to listen to our trainer, to listen to our coach, to listen to the one that will show us and teach us how to win at this race that we're in. And God's the one that will do that. We've got to be willing to let him change us, to present our bodies a living sacrifice. You know, if you're going to present your body a living sacrifice, we talked about this morning, that already takes for granted that you're willing to let God do what he wants to do. You've given up. You haven't waited till you died. He's not talking about a dead sacrifice, a living sacrifice. Giving yourself to him right now while you're still breathing and able and capable for the Lord Jesus Christ to accomplish through your life. This is what we've been studying for weeks when we're talking about the Holy Spirit. His whole purpose is that Jesus Christ can work through your body, that he can do through you what he came to do when he was here in his own body in the flesh. Now, he'll accomplish that through you. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed to this world. In other words, don't let the world set your standards. <laughs> don't let the world be the one to, to, to guide you and to tell you what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. It's not for us to fashion ourselves after the world, we find that the world doesn't uh, like people too well sometimes that don't conform to their way of thinking, that don't conform to their fashions. As the Lord begins to change us, as He begins to train us, as He begins to coach us in this race that we're in, oftentimes, remember what I've said this morning, the Bible doesn't say, that when God really gets your life, and you can talk about it till you're blue in the face, that's part of what the Apostle Paul is saying here. Hey, you can talk about it all you want to, but it takes some action. You can talk about it, and then in the end, be a castaway, be put on the shelf, be non-usable by the Lord Jesus Christ. You find that he says in 1 Corinthians 4.12, and labor working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we suffer it. He said this morning, the Bible says, you know, that if you live godly, you're going to suffer persecution. Folks, don't look to get in this race and to abide by God's rules and let your trainer, your coach, the only one that's going to train you, let him take charge of it and expect the world to be cheering you on. But what we're seeing is we're in this race not to please the world, not to make them comfortable or happy with us, but it's acceptable to God himself. He's our trainer. He'll tell us what we want. We need to listen to him. So if we're going to run, not just for the sake of it, but that we might obtain, that we've got to run according to God's rules, and we've got to allow him. We must run acceptably unto God, that which is pleasing to him. We must run also apart from the flesh. We're doing it that is acceptable to him. But the natural thing for all of us is to do it within ourselves. We must run apart 
from the flesh. Galatians 5, 16, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Don't feel like you're the Lone Ranger just because that you have to battle with lust of the flesh. Your flesh, until the day you die, is going to have fleshly desires. Your flesh will never have spiritual desires. It's incapable of your flesh to have fleshly desires. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I'm going to knock it out. I've got to put it down because that's what's going to cause me the problems. I'm saying if we're going to run and be able to obtain the prize, then the truth is we've got to run apart from the flesh. We're not talking about being able to win within our own means of doing what we can do, of doing all that we can do. One of the chief enemies of the Christian in this race and in all that he does is not the devil. <laughs> I've said to you before, most of the time you're flattering yourself if you think you're so important that it's the devil in person that's giving you all that trouble. <laughs> Fact is, he's already influenced your flesh enough. He don't have to bother you most of the time because you give yourself enough trouble because of your own flesh. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27 in our reading, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Paul's got to deal with his flesh. He's got to knock it out. He's got to put it down. In writing to Rome, in Romans chapter 8, verse 13, he says, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, do mortify, put to death, the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Sounds like a contradiction. If you want your flesh to live, then spiritually you're going to die. But if you want to live spiritually, you're going to have to put that flesh to death. You're going to have to put it out, as the Apostle Paul did here. You know what? You can never, ever, ever train your flesh to do better. <laughs> Oh, you might be able to turn over a new leaf and last for a little while. Your flesh is always your flesh. One day you'll have a new body. But right now you've got to contend with it. It can only be replaced by life in Christ. You can't turn over enough leaves. You can't do it yourself. It's got to be put to death. It's got to be done away with. It's got to be knocked out. It's got to be put out of the picture. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I've said it over and again, and it includes your pastor. It includes everybody that's walking up on the face of this earth. None of us, none of us have ever arrived at what the Lord Jesus Christ was. But that's our goal. That's our object. That's what we ought to be striving for every day of our life. Not to see what we can get away with. How much more we can be like Him. Not how much more control I can have and get things worked out myself. But how much more control He has over us. Folks, if you're a Christian, 
if you're in this race, then my encouragement to you this evening, well, don't just get out there and run around like you don't know what you're doing and swinging your fist in the air and not accomplishing anything. Paul says, run that you might obtain. Run that you might obtain this price. And if you're going to do that, you must run according to the rules. You must run acceptably unto God. You must run apart from the flesh. And I give you this one in closing. You've got to run against the enemy. You've got to run against the enemy. We find in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, wonderful passage and all about the armor and all that. These words says, finally, my brethren, finally, when you've wore that armor, when you've done all these things, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's where the race is going to be won. That's where your life is going to account for something. You can live the rest of your life and you can raise the crowds and you can please everybody around you and you can make everybody think what a wonderful person you are and what a wonderful life you've lived and what wonderful things you've accomplished. But if it's not what God wants for your life, what value is it? All of those awards, all of that applause, all the prizes that they might give you, they're all corruptible. They're all going to come to an end. I'm saying we've got the opportunity to run in a race to win. We can run it to win it, have a goal, work for it, be determined. Not just to finish in last place, but strive to finish in first place. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand, the throne of God. Our greatest example, the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, he didn't enjoy. He endured the cross. He didn't not mind the shame. The Bible says he despised that shame. The truth is, if we're going to win this race, just as the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to have to engage the enemy. We're running against the enemy. And you know what? He's not a fair player. It wouldn't bother him one bit if you're running along down through there just to kind of stick his foot out and trip you. <laughs> Wouldn't bother him one bit to find that we're in a race if you're a child of God. But most Christians aren't taking the race serious. They're participating. They said, don't you realize there's only one winner? You ought to be running to win. This world will give you all kinds of corruptible crowns. <laughs> Run for the incorruptible one. If you're going to run that you might obtain, the truth is, it's not 
just anybody's. You're going to have to run according to God's rules. It does matter. It does matter how you do it. It does matter how you go about it. You got to do it. I don't care how sincere you are. You don't have the right to change the rules. You can't win the race if you start changing the rules. If you're going to win the race, you got to do it according to the rules. If you're going to run the way, race, you got to do it in a way that's acceptable unto God. That's the only one that matters. Not the crowds, not everybody else cheering you on, but you got to run in a way that is acceptable to Him. You're going to have to run apart from the flesh. Again, I don't care how well-meaning you are. Your flesh is still your flesh. Your flesh is not saved. You're going to have to fight against it. And in running this race, you're not going to be able to do it in the power of your flesh with all of your best intention and all of your best training. You're going to take God. And if you're going to win this race, you're going to have to run against the enemy. You're going to have to run against the enemy. And he'll be trying to trip you up and he'll be trying to use both psychological and physical, anything else he can to get you out of the race, <laughs> to get you in a position in the race to where it won't matter, to where it won't make any difference. But the Word of God says, run that you might obtain. And he's always made it clear, remember, <laughs> he's not worried about obtaining anything in this life. He's worried about obtaining that incorruptible crown that only the Lord can pass on to him. Father, we thank you this evening, Lord, as we've looked at this simple analogy the Apostle Paul used. Lord, in this race that we're involved in as your children, a race, though, that we need to be getting serious about, running it to win, according to the rules that he's given to us, in a way that's acceptable to Him in a way that's apart from our own flesh, in a way that's against our great enemy. Father, I pray. I pray, Lord, not because of anything this preacher can say, but Lord, start with this preacher and help us to get serious. Help us not to be just playing around with this thing, but help us to get serious. Be willing to run the race to win. We'll give you the praise and the glory for it. In Christ's name I pray, amen.